Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that's all tales from games, books, and life. I'm your host, Jason. Thank you so, so much for stopping by for this latest uh, Thinking Out Loud, where, you know, looking at the conversation in the board gaming space and offering to uh, trying to put out something, you know, constructive, you know, way forward through some of the conversations. This is a very unique one. Uh, you know, I'm a psychotherapist and I do culture. I don't do technology. I do not. Uh, but there is a topic or a, a kind of a cluster of topics that are coming up that not a lot of us know about, but I feel like it's it, it's worth knowing because it's coming <laughs> uh, in a way. And we'll talk about this stuff. We're talking about NFTs. We're talking about blockchain. Uh, we're talking about Web 3.0. We're talking about very new iterations uh, that are coming to the board space, but I'll say a lot more in a second. Uh, this man put up a tweet. Uh, talking about uh, an aspect of this and has has also has um, his show Game Tech has an episode uh, of it uh, dedicated to blockchain, these kind of things. So I figured I'd invite him on. He did a little bit of homework and he's going to help me out. Uh, he is a game designer du jour. He's the former host of Ludology, sometimes comes back for uh, spot appearances. Uh, but he is one of the grandfathers currently of board gaming. He is Jeff Engelston. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jason. All right. Uh, thank you so much for coming back on. Uh, we are going to we're going to talk about blockchain, <laughs> which is something that in board gaming, we would you'd never think of it. Right. Uh, but, like, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there are yeah. some there are some publishers uh, and I think there's some current publishers that are moving forward with NFTs. Right. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, Simon and, and uh, some other folks have made some noise and saying, hey, they're, they're thinking about moving into the NFT space. So it's mm -hmm. it is certainly topical. What is that? <laughs> so we'll, get, we'll get into all that in just a second. We're going to try to, uh, you know, I, again, I don't know anything, but I, I, I like to think of myself as an educator. Uh, so I do, do a lot, a lot of reading and then figure out how we can kind of, you know, uh, come up with the 101. Explain it to me like I'm five years old. So this is the, <laughs> I can think I can get to the level of a five-year-old, uh, which will uh, really cheese off people who really know what they're talking about. But, you know, uh, what, what are you going to do? But before we get to that, uh, did you know, I, I'm surprising with this, my show now has a sponsor. So I am going to show you my sponsor. This show is sponsored by Super Skill <laughs> Pinball. Ramp it up. The sequel to Super Skill Pinball, which, wait a minute, I have the designer right here. <laughs> yes. If you want to switch and talk about that game instead, that, that's way more inside my comfort zone. But <laughs> <laughs> It is the sequel to Super Scope Pinball. I own both. I'm very happy to have both in my life. Uh, it is the Roland Wright sensation that was uh, getting people through COVID. And uh, it was the first one so popular that the second one was launched. So, you know, before we get into this whole thing uh, where people are just going to like, oh, my God, what's going on? Give the people what they want. Give the people some <laughs> game insights, Jeff. What, it, what did you do with the Roland Wright sensation that is super skill pinball? Ramp it up. Um, well, uh, I learned a lot from doing the first one and, you know, getting feedback from people and, um, you know, was excited to dive in and design new tables. I mean, one of the fun thing about fun things from a designer perspective for Super Scope Pinball is it's such a, an open-ended system that there's so many different ways to plug things in. And pinball machines do so many fun things that, um, you know, had a lot of ideas I wanted to jump in and WizKids was very happy to go for it. And the big thing was to uh, use the, uh, the, the, there's two boards for those who haven't played it. There's like a table board and a back glass board, like the mm -hmm. pinball machine. 
And um, in the first one, all the game elements were really on the main table. There was a few things sometimes on the backlash for mini games and stuff like that. Um, but the number one complaint we had about the first one uh, was that there was no ramps. We had mm -hmm. bumpers, we had targets, we had all those things, but there was no ramps. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we looked at it and said, hey, we could actually put half a pinball machine on the back glass also and have the ball move around and give ourselves more for real estate. And, um, you know, as we said, ramp it up and uh, and give, give some more exciting toys and different, different options to play with. So there's four totally new machines in there. Each one of them brings in some new crazy uh, mechanism that kind of puts a little twist on the system. And even the basic the board, even yeah. the board that is like right in the starter is going to have that little ramp thing in the back, the gopher board or whatever it is. Yep, That's yep. one. Uh, we have one board, the, the the wrestling one, which is a team board. So, you know, kind of cooperative, uh, you know, you can play as many um, like any rolling right. You can go up to 99 as long as people have boards uh, and, you know, just roll along. Uh, but here there's a put interested element of cooperation with the wrestling board. Uh, my personal favorite of the new boards is the uh, the robber. Uh, I forget. High exactly. Roller heist. That's the one. I love heist games anyway, but like, yep. you know, uh, having to deal with like a moving element in the, the board. So it's like, you know, depending on what the moving element is, you know, where you hit it and all kind of thing, you get different points. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know, great. When a designer has a chance to go back into their system and just, you know, continue to iterate, it's going to be better and better. As long as it's not like a pure cash drive, which is this is certainly not. Uh, this was definitely a reiteration of Super Super Pinball. And if you liked the first one, you might really like this one. Yep. And, and if you want to just try it out, um, we actually, uh, there there's a sample table uh, from Ramp It Up, uh, the Go For Gold table you can download for free from the WizKids site. And there's two tables available from the first pack that you can grab for free. Uh, and we just posted a uh, Christmas theme table. Oh. Uh, which is now completely available for free. It's on uh, Board Game Geek under the Super Scope Pinball and Files. Um, nice. That, uh, you know, just is, is uh, it's it's not going to be in a pack. As far as you know, this is the other ones you, you could get in a pack, but this one is just kind of on its own and you can just buy it and laminate it or, or whatever and, and just play for free and try it out. Very cool. Uh, I would not accept this as a sponsorship if it, if I didn't like the game. It's, I'm not sponsored by these people. <laughs> <laughs> just, just I drive make... a hard bargain. You wanted me to come on the show. I said, I will only do it. <laughs> if you hold up Super Scope and Ball to start. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So Super Scope and Ball 4K, wrap it up. Go ahead and check that one out. Uh, but now we will get to the topic du jour. We gave you people your gaming chum to chew on. Okay, so uh, we are going to take the hard shift and, and talk about this technological stuff that is now kind of in our lives as gamers. And I'm going to, as best as I can, uh, try to split up the conversation. I told Jeff I was going to do this ahead of time. Uh, it's a three moments. Uh, the first one is probably going to be most difficult because it's the most technical. Uh, because, you know, we're talking about the you know like what is blockchain and why is it a big deal that kickstarter is moving to blockchain and you know this, this i think uh from what i'm reading jeff i mean you, you there's all these terms there's nfts and there's you know proof of work and all this kind of stuff i feel like blockchain is the place like understanding that concept is a place to start in terms of these new things is that is that a fair uh assessment kind of yeah, blockchain, is, blockchain is kind of underpinning the whole thing uh, blockchain is underpinning the whole thing so yeah. like we're five years old mr engelstein <sighs> <laughs> okay. Give it your best shot. Blockchain. Sure. Uh, so basically, if you think about, you know, a lot of, you know, businesses, if I own a business and people come in and buy things, you know, I'm going to keep a, a list of, of everything that people bought. 
So I may say, you know, Jason bought a copy of Super Skill Pinball and paid $20 for it. And, and Jeff bought a copy of, I'm looking on your shelf back there. Ooh, Space Alert. I'll buy Space Alert. Oh, yeah. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff bought a copy of Space Alert. Um, and, you know, so you have a list of each of those, right? And, but they're all, they're, they're separate from each other. And I could sneak in at night and I could go into where it says, you know, that Jason bought Super Skill Pinball. I could erase Jason and I could write, you know, Sally bought Super Skill Pinball. Um, so that's like a basic database or something like that, where, just, where there's a separate line for each transaction. Um, so what a blockchain is, it's, it's basically that exact same list. Okay, except when you add the next line, when you add the, the line that says, you know, Jeff bought a game after Jason bought a game, it kind of uses, uh, you know, uses the JSON information and uses some other stuff that I won't get into, but basically, you know, uses cryptography to create the Jeff record that if somebody changes the, the JSON record, that the list doesn't make sense anymore. So each each entry kind of depends on the one before it. And ultimately, so so everything is, each one of those things is called a block and they're a chain because they're all linked to each other. So later, if somebody goes back and, and, and tries to mess around with something earlier in the chain, it's not gonna work anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't connect. Mm -hmm. So that's the, the basic idea of what a blockchain is. And you know, it was kind of developed, the technology was, was developed um, you know, initially around attempts to create um, alternate currencies, you know, cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin is one of the earliest examples. Um, and, um, you know, the, the idea ultimately was that, hey, you know, right now, all those transactions, like, you know, your bank has a list of all those transactions in your account, right? Uh, but, you know, the reason that it, you, you say it won't get changed is you trust the bank. The bank, the bank is a central authority or a certifying authority. The bank's record is the record. You know, and if all of a sudden the bank's record gets messed up or whatever, then, you know, you got a big argument on your hand to try to convince them that, you know, your copy of the statement is correct or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So in that case, we've got a central authority that says, I am the final arbiter of truth. Um, and the idea with blockchain is, hey, can we make a system where there is no central authority, where that information is spread out? Mm -hmm. And and there's no one person that can say you know or can can change it or can what you know can can mess around with it or or that you have to rely upon right. to have all this information. Yeah. So um, um, actually, uh, just to build on that for just a second because it's so sure. important. Um, okay. So, in in my reading, and and you know Jeff, you know we can go back and forth, uh, Jeff and I, because we both have different understandings. But in my reading, so much of the move towards blockchain and move towards these kind of like uh, opens, you know visible you know like you can see it right there or someone who can code can see it you know i can't see it <laughs> uh you know people who see um comes from just you know a, a kind of a distrust of you know official like you said before the the sources of authority right so then i just listened to this uh independently but it definitely folds in uh so then you had the housing crisis in 2008 uh, and the nest, and this was uh, all recorded at a podcast called Meltdown. It's on Audible, and you can you can go listen to it. It's really important, uh, but it sets a lot of context, I think, because what happened during the housing crisis. So you had you know these you know a lot of you know mortgages went underwater, and you know banks are kind of giving out these screw mortgages, and they're just not not, not being very good actors, uh, lending to people who clearly shouldn't have the money to the money, but like you know for whatever reason they're profiting by like just giving more mortgage 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 mortgage, uh, and and building all these. Um, basically transaction records, 
you know, and, you know, so like, you know, they take the mortgage, they bundle it in what they call security and they just sell, sell it off to somebody else. That person sells it off to somebody else. Uh, so then you have this huge chain of ownership. Look at your houses, people. Who owns that house? <laughs> You're always getting like, oh, well, this, the, your mortgage got sold to this place. Your, your loan got sold to this place. Your mortgage got sold to this place. And what ended up happening as the, as the you know, the, the economy melted down and exploded, that, you know, you know, these renters uh, or people who have who are owners who are on a mortgage are trying to find who owns their house and they can't do it because the paper trail is just a mess. And you what ended up happening and you can you can look this up. This is not this is not conspiracy stuff. There was a settlement on this. You can look this up. It's all public that the mortgage lenders would actually just kind of like make up. You know, who owned the house? Like, okay, a house has a title. So then, oh, I don't know what the title is because it got chopped up into a million pieces and sold off and whatever it is. So like, well, I own the house now because I'm going to write this down. And you had people that were just hired to write, you know, forward signatures and just make a whole hash of this whole, you know, like who owns what, what transactions or what. So in Jeff's kind of example of like, well, Jason owns something and I'm going to go in and like to say that Sally owns it. That literally happened to the scale of billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, with people's houses and other areas as well as the um, financial system kind of uh, collapsed. So a lot of people lost their homes and a lot of people got screwed. So you have, you know, kind of post that, you know, in the 2010s, you have all these, um, you have all this anger and you have all these, you know, people who are educated uh, and they want, you know, they're trying to kind of solve problems. So they're not just trying to solve this kind of like general kind of uh, problem, like, you know, how do I track transactions? They're trying to solve the specific problems that are created by high frequency trades and, you know, financialization of the markets. There's a, there's a lot. That happens. And like, and I think there's written into the uh, system that there's like a distrust of authority. It's all about, you hear these people, that's all about tra transparency, you know, giving power back to the people. It's very much anarchist, which is in my soul. I get that. <laughs> I don't know that I, that's what I'm going to go there, but at least in terms of the rhetoric and where it comes from, I, that, that I can understand. So, so for me, I understand this kind of move towards that transparent ledger in that context of like, can we trust the traditional actors who normally have guardianship over our data and our transactions? And for a lot of people, it's no. Transparent, let's try to do something else. Is that something, is that a, a, a am I off on that? Or, or is that something that's kind of in the context of what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the, um, I, I, I think that the, issue is that it's and and again this is going you know the the, the details of it are maybe going a little bit beyond my right. knowledge so I, I will freely say that but my understanding of the systems is that yeah i mean i i i understand what you're saying in terms of that but i it's it's the these blockchain systems you know if you've got something you can go and say hey you know i own this and this is this is my piece and here's the block on the chain and here's the record of of what it is right but if you just look at the blockchain and you're trying to figure out who owns what from that that that's a much more difficult problem right and that's okay. like you know all these ransomwares that are paid off in cryptocurrencies and the cryptocurrencies move and then the fbi has got to try to trace it down it's not like there's a listener that says oh it went to this person and eventually was you know went to this bank counter it's owned by this this person at this ip address or whatever right it's not it's it's much more opaque which i think is part of what the privacy advocates are looking for so i'm not sure in that particular case where you were trying to track down who actually who you're trying to find out who owns stuff 
I think you can prove maybe that you own something, but it's, it's or, or, or try to prove it, make it even a little easier in certain circumstances to prove mm-hmm. it. But I think if you're trying to go through and find out precise track down all the people that own certain pieces or took, you know, if you slice something up and sold it to a hundred different people, I think it would not be super easy to right. find that. Yeah. So, so like they're trying to solve the problem, but it's a hard problem to solve. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's you know? a super tough problem to solve. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah, with the securities and that's, that's a whole other, a whole other huge mess. And but I don't yeah, think like know, one was, it, yeah. I guess I'm not saying like one is to the other, I guess I'm kind of like, I think in terms of like yeah. stories, it's shelf stories. Uh, sure. So I'm trying to like kind of tell a story of blockchain. And it's not like, you know, oh, the, all these coders are trying to solve the financial crisis. It's like, okay, there was the, the, the societal context is this kind of growing distrust of central authorities. You know, yeah, like I, I, I don't I, want I, I like agree. all these people yeah. to have my data. I don't want like banks to have my data. So like, how can I come up with, or how can we come up with solutions to kind of get around some of this stuff? Uh, right. As we'll, we'll get into the cryptocurrencies in just a second, but like, okay, so now blockchain is one of the proposed solutions, you know, of like, okay, now we have this, this potential thing that is, has a, a potentially open ledger and it has, and you know, that sounds great. And you're going to hear these people like, you know, they always say that the really great parts and then they don't really share about the less good parts. So then you're starting to get into the problems. You know, it's not as transparent as they might want to say. Right. And yeah, I don't know if you want to jump into some of the, the, the issues of blockchains and stuff. Now we can we can talk about that. Or... I think we I think we have a basic understanding of a blockchain, sure. at least for the five year old okay. understanding. It is a ledger. Okay. Maybe people. a seven year old. <laughs> I, I felt like it was, I was aiming more at a seven year old than a five year old. But it is yeah. a ledger, right? It is a, a, a digital ledger that theoretically can be read a little bit more easily than other ways of storing it. And can't be and can't be hacked is exactly. the idea also. Right. So, so well, then or the, if the it's next, hacked and is a record of it, so like even the hack has a record. Yes, you can tell that something happened. You can right. tell that something corrupted it. Um, so, um, so then the question, the next, the next thing is, is, is okay. So where is this ledger stored? Right. So if there's no central authority, there can't be a, a just some place in the cloud where there's one master copy of this ledger. Um, so, uh, and the answer is that that everybody who's participating in it has a copy of the ledger themselves. So then um, like, uh, what we're used to is, you know, they call it like, so these terms, right? Web 2.0, web 3.0. So like in web quote unquote 2.0, big tech, Google, Amazon, you know, Apple, these are the, you know, the, the big purveyors of information. If you ask that question, where is the record stored? They're going to say in my server or on my cloud, like it's mine. Right. There's a, there's a very much, you know, the era of tech, the era of the big tech that we're, we're used to, like they have the information. And for the most part, consumers are kind of okay with it because we get so much stuff out of what they provide. Right. Yeah. But there's, but there's other levels too. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's one thing that's, you know, there's like, yeah, Visa has got their, their stuff in the cloud right. and okay. you, know, you can go Visa and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then there's also, you know, a, a lot of the, the basic underpinnings of the internet just have these certifying authorities, these, these master things like, you know, even like, you know, DNS, right. When I type in, uh, you know, uh, google.com, right. It, it, it's got to go, somebody's got to turn that into a number and there's a whole system where that gets turned into a number and there's ultimately one air, one, you know, computer or, or a small number of computers um, that, uh, that, that know those numbers. When I type HTTPS, right, if I, when you go with it, when, or not HTTPS per se, but when you go and it says, you go onto a, 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 
again, I go on a google.com or, or I go on to PayPal, right? And it says in your browser that it's mm -hmm. certified that it's PayPal, right? It's got a certificate that says that, yeah, this is actually PayPal. Um, I mean, the, the, that certificate comes from a certificate authority, which mm -hmm. is run by a, you know, an international organization that has different levels and the certificates get pushed out and they have a way that that's managed and stuff like that. So yeah, mm -hmm. it, we, we deal with these centralized databases all the time. Maybe we don't realize it, yeah, but realizing. You, you have to trust like the certificate authorities, you know, and, and there's been instances where somebody is able to spoof one of those certificate authorities. And that's, that's a real big problem on the internet. If somebody's able, able to do that and pretend that they're that ultimate authority. Right. Okay, so then that um, is the problem that blockchain, that is one of the problems that blockchain is attempting to address. Right. So the problem, of course, is that with, uh, you know, with, with and, and this is where it can get a little bit technical, which is kind of on a, on a you know, on a, on a conceptual level, right, is you've got um, these, the same ledger now you've got copied all over the place. So in order for them to stay synchronized, you know, so when somebody makes another transaction and it gets added to the end of the list, okay, it basically gets, you know, the, the, of who's going to actually create the block. Cause there's, there's like a, like I said, you got to do some math and stuff to actually create the next block in the blockchain to make sure that it's cryptographically attached to the previous entry is that that uh, goes out to, you know, a random person and, and that gets into the, proof of work versus proof of stake and stuff like that, which we can talk about a little bit if you want, but it basically goes out, it gets delegated to somebody out there, their, their computer goes, chunks it, figures out the block, sends it out to all the other, you know, kind of distributes it to all the other people who then can look at it and say, yeah, it looks like this was done right. And there's a vote, basically it's kind of like a behind the scenes mm. uh, vote on whether everybody agrees that this looks okay. So now somebody's not adding a fraudulent block onto the blockchain and corrupting it. And mm. then everybody kind of adds it and updates it. Now, when you talk about everybody, is that like every computer or every living person? No, no, no. It's, it's the people that are, have copies of the ledger. Mm -hmm. I, I think it may be a, some subset of that. Uh, it's, it's getting into a little bit of the hairy details that I'm a little mm -hmm. fuzzy on, but conceptually that's what it is. And it's a lot of people. I mean, the, the right. whole point of the ledger is, it's, is that it's, you know, thousands or millions of whatever of computers have copies of the, of the ledger and are updating it and going, going from there to, um, to, to make the changes. So it's usually okay. the people that are kind of participating in it that, that are making those judgments. Mm-hmm. So you, have but, this, you know, I mean, yeah. you can kind of feel in your, you know, can kind of picture some ways that this could potentially go wrong or have problems or whatever. So which we can get into some of those tricky parts. Yeah, I mean, the idea being like, you know, we talk about crowdsourcing a lot, right? So in a way, you're kind of crowdsourcing authority, right? Is that a, is that a good way to understand it? Yeah, um, to a certain extent, that's, uh, that's part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. But, you know, again, that that starts to you know, as these things get bigger and more distributed, you know, first of all, it can be much slower to do a transaction uh, and, and, and be a lot more time consuming and energy consuming. And that's where it gets into it. I, I have to dig out this that. I probably should have been, you should be prepared for this discussion. <laughs> I looked it up earlier today and I stat, but it takes like, you know, a million times more effort to do a blockchain transaction than to do a visa transaction, right? Mm -hmm. It's because to do a visa transaction, you just, 
you send it to one transaction of Visa and they put it in their database, right? Mm -hmm. With this one, it's got to go out, it's got to find a, a computer that'll do it, it's got to do it, it gives them a transaction fee, they create the blockchain, you know, they create the block, they submit the block to all the different people, all the different people evaluate it, vote on it, decide if it's valid, add it to their own blocks. It's, it's a lot more intensive to do one transaction yeah, in a blockchain I mean, than it is in a central authority. It sounds so like, you know, romantic in a way. It's like, okay, well, it's not going to be one authority. It's going to be for the people. But then imagine like, you know, and it sounds like one blockchain. It's not actually one blockchain is what I'm hearing. Like it's multiple co copies of the blockchain without an actual master block, right? Right. And every, and there's multiple, yeah. And there's like a blockchain for Bitcoin and a blockchain for Ethereum and a blockchain for, you know, you know, the, the squid one that they, that, that turned out to be a complete ripoff or whatever, you know, there's, there's every single one of these is a separate little blockchain. Again, there's, right. there can't be one master one. And sometimes okay. they break them up, you know, if they get too big and unwieldy or whatever, they'll, they'll try to divide them up. Or, you know, there's other reasons why you may want to fork off different, different blockchains from the main blockchain and stuff okay. like that. So now you mentioned in the cryptocurrencies, right? So I think that we're going to have as good a block, a good understanding of blockchain as uh, a seven-year-old would. Uh, and there's many of them. It's not like there's one master block. It's like, you know, there's, at this point, I don't know, millions of blockchains yeah. out there. And you can have like a private blockchain. Like, like me and you could have a blockchain right now, <laughs> just sure. the two of us. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's not like a big monster thing. It's just like this, you know, it's a way of storing information that is, can be public or private or whatever. That's a little bit different than having a central authority. Okay. Uh, so now we have these blockchains that are producing these currencies. Right, the Ethereum and uh, Dogecoin uh, and, yep. you know, and different ones. Uh, so, talk to us a little bit about cryptocurrency, and uh, you know, explain kind of what what it is and what problem that that is trying to solve. Um, well, again, it's it's basically trying to create. I mean, a concern that people have, and I'm not going to get into the the economic theory and things like that. But you know, I mean, currencies you know, particularly, you know, off the gold standard, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I am not advocating in any way that we should go back to the gold standard, but, right. you know, currencies are controlled by governments. And, you know, if, if the U.S. Federal Reserve wants to print a bunch more dollars, they can just print a bunch more dollars, right? There's, you know, there's infinite. They, it's, this yeah. is, it's weird, right? They, <laughs> they could, they talk about like mint the coin, like they can literally print a, a trillion dollar coin that resolves yeah. like all this debt and stuff like that. And yes, they just yes, do it. Because, <laughs> right. Because of the, yes. Uh, and that, you know, and that, that can freak, freak some people out and I can, you know, kind of get that. And, you know, basically the idea is, Hey, let's create a currency that's independent of any specific government. Um, and so, you know, that'll, it, it can't be manipulated. We don't have to worry about, you know, a currency going cross borders. It'll be more stable. It'll be, you know, it's, it's all these other positive attributes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, that's, that's, so Bitcoin, I think was, I don't know if it was the first, probably was the first one that was mm. kind of to do that. Um, and, you know, as part of the, um, in order to have a currency, you know, you're, you're, you can't just have it be, you know, again, you, it's, it can't just be like sand on the beach. Um, you know, it, it, it could be seashells if you live in a place that doesn't have many seashells, it's hard to, mm -hmm. if it's hard to get seashells, but you know, it needs to be something that's some sort of a scarce resource. Right. So how do you create a scarce resource of digital tokens? And mm -hmm. um, basically there's, um, there's certain types of, of, of mathematical problems that, uh, you know, can be very difficult to solve. 
So basically the idea is that you solve these math problems and when you successfully solve one of these math problems or find an answer to a math problem, you get a coin, mm -hmm. you get you get a token for it and for so solving you, the problem. And so, you know, you're talking about like, again, you, uh, is the you a computer or is the you a person? The you is gonna have to be a computer. These are really, really complicated. Okay like factors, you know, different, different types of factorization problems or things like that. There, there's mm -hmm. different, different problems. Um, and, and that's when they talk about um, mining, right? That's mining, right. That's mining. You're, you're cranking through numbers, trying to solve these problems. And when you solve one, then you, you know, you get a coin. Um, and there's different types of algorithms for different things. Bitcoin, the algorithm that they use, the problem that is there actually is a fixed, a finite number of coins. There's a set number of coins that can be found. Mm. So, and it's easy to find them at first and it gets harder and harder to find them, you know, to solve the, the problems as you go on um, is, is a typical characteristic. Um, so, you know, a lot of these other people now it's, you know, want to set up their currencies and stuff like that. And, you know, because it's, it's got a scarce resource, then, you know, the, the idea is that that will give it intrinsic value and it will, you know, it will have, you know, value, it will have lasting value. Um, but I mean, you know, the thing with, with a currency is you need a couple of things to, to happen to make a currency, uh, you know, useful. There needs to uh, be ways to use it to, you know, it needs to be easy to exchange it for goods and services. Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose of a currency. Right. Um, and, um, you know, you need to be able to keep track of it, and, you know, not just lose it. Uh, and you also need to, um, uh, what was the last thing? Currency is, well, it'll come back to me, currency. Oh, it needs to be stable. You know, if you get into hyperinflation situations and stuff like that, it, it creates economic chaos, like, you know, Germany before World War II and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so um, in a way, like the, the blockchain has to solve, is a way to solve those problems. So like the blockchain is stable, right? The blockchain is, you know, it, what, what are we called? Um, <laughs> very different. Uh, yeah, the blockchain is stable. The blockchain kind of tracks stuff, right? It's, it's tracking stuff. And the blockchain, yeah. it, it bakes in this kind of model of scarcity. Right. So it's like, you know, right. or at least at least like the way they've designed it. So like it's yeah. basically they've designed this thing partially to generate this thing called currency, an alternate currency to what the government's are offering. Right. But I, I would argue that it hasn't really accomplished really any of those goals, in, 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 arguably. So first, it's not easy to exchange for goods and services. There are some places that were taking Bitcoin and stuff like that. But to do a Bitcoin transaction, like if I go to the grocery store, you know, it's it's hard. You got to go to go in, you got to transfer it. There's a whole process. I mean, maybe there's infrastructure that can make it easier. I'm not going to get into that, but especially if there's now how many tons of different cryptocurrencies are there, right? You know, I'm not going to accept if I'm running a store, I'm not going to accept anything, right? You know, um, and so, you know, there's it's it would need to kind of, you know, there, there need to be a standard whether maybe Bitcoin's at, you know, Ethereum tends to be popular for NFTs or different coins that are popular for different topics. Or for different, well, we'll get different to purchases. NFTs in just a second, people. Yeah. We're, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> but also, um, but the other piece is, is stability. It's, there has not been any price stability with, with mm. cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the technology is basically okay. To right. a, there's okay. big problems with some areas, which I'm not gonna, which we can get into, but probably don't have time. But um, the, uh, the price of Bitcoin has been all over the place, mm -hmm. you know, or, or, you know, uh, Elon Musk opens up his mouth and it drops by 70% or it goes up by 50%. 
you know, that's that is the exact opposite of what you're looking for in a currency. Okay. Um, right. So the, the so, technology is stable, but the value is just the, the opposite. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, it's got all the earmarks of a bubble of a classic commodity bubble, whether it was tulips or whether it was, you know, internet stocks in the 2000s or whether it's Beanie Babies or, you know, whatever it is, right? They, right. they all are the same thing where you, where people outside are looking at it saying, why this thing doesn't have any intrinsic value that I can, I can't use it. I mean, tulips, at least you can plan or whatever, but the, you know, Beanie Babies you can play with, but the, the value of it so outstrips the utility of it. Mm. Um, and also, um, uh, it, it, it gyrates, can gyrate wildly. It seems to be going up and people start buying in just because they want to make money speculating on the product, right? Mm -hmm. People buy Bitcoin because not, you know, I mean, I don't have dollars in the bank because I think my dollars are going to be worth more than, you know, more later or whatever, you know, I'm not speculating on dollars. I mean, you know, I mean, there's foreign currencies you can kind of speculate on and stuff like that, although things are a lot more stable than they were in the 80s and the 90s in that area. But, you know, I mean, people are buying Bitcoin and Ethereum or whatever, and these, you know, the, the crypto bros or what, you know, what have you that are in there, they're hyping it up because they want it to go up like a stock, right? They're treating it like a, like yeah. a speculative investment. It's not a currency. Right. Um, right. And that, it's, it's because yeah. there's nothing behind it. And that's, and that brings in fraudsters. That brings in people like the people that started this Squid Game one and raised like two million, sold two million dollars worth of coins, and then just ran away and the whole, thing, you know, and stole the money from everybody. <laughs> oh no! Um, it happens over and over again, especially you know with these, you know, with all these, you know, small coins and stuff like that. It's people, you know, getting out there and hyping it. That'll make the you know, or hyping it or, or bashing it. That'll make the the value right. go up and down dramatically. I'm so um, glad you said that because like you know, like Bitcoin and all this stuff is new, and we're having a hard time understanding it. But speculation is old, oh, yeah. right? You know, like even human beings have speculated on stuff ever since there's been economics, which is ever since there's been money, you know, you know, they speculated on Christopher Columbus crossing the, you know, the, the new world. It's like, okay, buy a little piece of, you know, this little ship. And, you know, I don't know what's going to be over there, but like, it could be amazing. It could be the world. And so sure. it's like, you know, little, like a little uh, deed of land or something, or a little piece of your ship could be worth you know, thousands of gold at that point or nothing. I, you're right. taking, it's a big gamble, right? And and the person, the people that are actually taking the voyage, you're like, okay, hey, you know, uh, I I know what's out there and blah, blah, blah. They're hyping it up, hyping it up, hyping it up. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there was nothing solid until the voyages happened, until the land was found. And now we start to get like deeds and stuff like that. Now that's solid. Now that's real. And, you know, the people who were, who took the risk, got huge rewards. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of the whole model of nowadays of like, you know, taking huge risks, getting huge rewards. And we're kind of primed as a culture to, to buy into that in some ways, I think. Right. But a lot of that stuff, like if you're doing land grabs or, you know, investing in, you know, the, the, this, there's different levels of, of what's ultimately there. Right. And, right. you know, a a beanie baby, you know, to pay, you know, a thousand dollars for beanie baby. There's something called the bigger fool theory. That sounds like a game tech. I'm sure that was a game tech. I, I should, I haven't done it yet. I should, mm. but I mean, the bigger fool theory, I mean, goes to the heart of the speculation stuff, which is that people buy it, assuming that there's a bigger fool than them mm. out there that they're going to be able to sell it to mm -hmm. at a higher price. 
right? And, right. you know, same thing with Beanie Babies. You know, people weren't paying $500 for the, the super magic unicorn Beanie Baby because, I, I don't know, some intrinsic value or whatever, right? They bought it because they thought to be able to sell it for $1,000 in two months, that there was some bigger fool out there that was going to, you know, keep bumping it up and buying into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, it's it's the same thing with the these this other stuff in the cryptocurrency and NFTs. You know, at least a piece of land, you know, maybe overpay for it now, but the land will always be there, right. uh, you know, unless it gets mm-hmm. washed away in global warming or whatever, yeah. right? But yeah, I guess I, but yeah, I, I mean, to land is it. land. You know, yeah. if you buy, if you overbuy a house, pay for a house, you at the top of a bubble. You know, hopefully, if you can keep at least making the payments on it, you know, you you can stay there, and hopefully, it'll come back or whatever, right? There's there's yeah. some intrinsic value to that. There's non intrinsic value to these current cryptocurrencies. There's non intrinsic value to beanie babies. There's non intrinsic value mm-hmm. to NFTs. I guess, like, I mean, relating it to like 1491, right? They didn't mm-hmm. know what was over there. Like, I mean, you know, contrary to popular belief, most people knew the Earth was round. They just didn't know what was over on the other side. So, if you're investing in that voyage, you don't know. Right. Literally, like they could be land, it could be just a bunch of water or whatever it is. So I right, like your analogy is a little bit flawed, I think, because, you know, in that case, you're you're buying a share in something that's going out there may happen. Right. But right. but a better analogy is if, if that's what you want to use as your thing was, you know, the Europeans sailing across and 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 uh, uh, finding uh, finding out about North America or South America. Right. Is that a, a better one is that, you know, everybody's buying into you know, into shares, but the, the shares are going crazy up, 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 because, you know, you, that's the hot thing is to be in on these voyages, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before it even leaves, you know, Columbus is, he's still out there. Nobody, nobody knows it's coming back. Hasn't even Everyone's left. like <laughs> trading it up, right? No, it hasn't even left. And everyone's hasn't trading, even left. It up, okay. trading it up, trading it up, trading mm-hmm. it up, trading it up, trading Fair it up, trading it up, right? Uh, so it's, yeah, that's, Fair that's, enough. that's, that's a different kind of a thing, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the idea being that there's not a there there, not yet. You know, and right. I mean, could there be? Will I mean, what, what do you? I mean, obviously, you don't have any. You don't know, but like, I mean, is that is this a pure grift, or is there like a potential something there, and that people are grifting on top of it? I, I don't know what your what your read on that is. Look, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to yuck people's yums. Sure. <laughs> to use a phrase, right? But you know, I I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that cryptocurrencies and NFTs uh, are, uh, are are scams. I think that there's, you know, we, we can just maybe it's a good chance to jump, opportunity to jump into the NFTs and Absolutely. what they do on this. Sure. But yeah, I, you know, uh, it's it's people speculating and buying this stuff, hoping that it goes up, not because they're, you know, and and the art, you know, I hear about like the art market. Just a whole other interesting conversation. But if I buy four hundred million dollars for a Picasso or whatever, right? Or you know, it's not—is it really worth four hundred million dollars? I mean, things are worth what people want to pay for them, right? Sure. You know, but at least if I'm, you know, and there's a lot of other stuff in art, shady stuff about with tax fraud and all kinds of crazy stuff, which we'll get into here. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, you know, but ultimately, I've got a statue that's got some history. It's got you know, I've got something, and I can decide the value or collectible cards. You know, even if I'm buying, you know, I I paid a couple hundred dollars for a special copy of Cosmic Encounter that was one of the first ones that was ever done that was in mint mm-hmm. condition, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I could buy a copy of Co- so utility standpoint, I can buy a copy of Cosmic Encounter for thirty bucks or forty bucks or whatever it is now, right? It's mm-hmm. I don't need to pay. 
hundreds of dollars for a copy of Cosmic Encounter, but this one has some meaning to me. Sure. And I, but I, you know, and you know, so, and this that's with a lot of different things. People buy wine and, and hold them and look to flip them. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that that's that's part out of it, and and I understand that you know that with nfts that people are trying to tap into that same idea oh this is a collectible and mm-hmm. so it kind of gives people cover maybe to overpay but let's talk about so, what an nft really yeah is. an nft is a what non-fungible token yes it's okay. the world's worst <laughs> branding for something <laughs> i think ever fun fungible <laughs> um right Fungible means it can be changed from one thing to something else. Mm-hmm. The fungible is. It's like if I have $5 and you have $5 and we swap them, we both still have $5. They're, they're completely interchangeable. Right. Um, where, whereas these tokens theoretically are unique in essence. Completely unique. There's not, there's not another token. And it's a digital token. It's a, it's, it's a, a thing that is. It's not even a, right. it's, it's a, it's on the ledger. On the ledger. That's it's a, a, it's, a piece it's, of it's, ledger. It's, it's, it's a block. It's a block in the blockchain. That's that's what it is. That's what you're getting. A unique, um, completely unique. There will never be another one like it in the world because the blockchain will ensure that there will never be another one like it in the world. Right. But then the question is, what does it represent? What does it mean? Right. So what they're, you know, so I, I, I don't know the, the exact history of some of the first products of what it is, but traditionally, you know, when this started, it was used, NFTs were used for uh, like JPEGs and certain images on mm-hmm. the internet. But I guess they were also used early on for like, you could get a, a, an, an NFT of the first tweet where like mm-hmm. the NBA was offering NFTs of like certain highlights, right? Certain plays, the, this mm-hmm. Michael Jordan dunk in game six or whatever, right? So, uh, so how does an NFT get made? Is it, is it made in that same like kind of mining process that you would get the Bitcoin or is there a different process to like, how would you do that? How do you get NFTs? Um, anybody can create an NFT at zero cost. Okay. So, so, so that's not like a, a mining thing. It's just like, okay, I'm going to make nope. an NFT right now. Just like yep. I have a picture yep. and I'm going to put it on the ledger. Boom. NFT done. We could take a screenshot of this thing. And yeah, cause it's basically, <laughs> I'm basically, all I'm doing is I'm basically selling you. I, 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 it's, it's even, it's crazy to describe because when you describe it to people, they're like, this doesn't, how could anybody possibly pay anything for this it doesn't make any sense sure okay so for example i you know let's say you want to buy i'm going to take a screenshot of this podcast right now you know boom screenshot very good that's a that's beautiful that'll go for three hundred fifty thousand dollars right there (laughs) um pure joy so i'm going to say somebody it's it's i'm going to sell you i'll i'll send you a picture of that thing of that picture Mm -hmm. and that's and i will you know uh, but anybody else can screenshot it out of the video. But I'm going to send you, I'm calling it the official one. Mm-hmm. And you're going to give me money. And I'm going to re- make a permanent record on this blockchain here, the Ethereum blockchain or whatever. I'm going to create a permanent right. record that says, you, you know, Jason Perez got that screenshot. Right. And you can then trade that token. You can sell that token to somebody else later if you want to. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it doesn't mean that you can that you own the copyright to it it doesn't mean that you can that you're the only one that can have that screenshot anybody else can do a screenshot it doesn't mean that you know it it doesn't give you it doesn't even mean that it like publicly then says if you look at that screenshot on the official video it doesn't say your name in the bottom or anything like you Mm -hmm. like you got it. it it's 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 nothing i mean they 
the thing that I liken it to, and I don't know if you remember these, uh, I, although I just checked, they're still doing them. So there was a big thing like 20 years ago or so, and I guess they're still out there where you could buy a star for somebody as a gift. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're doing a lot of that. Like not, buy Amazon. Not like, not like buy, uh, yeah. yeah, you can't, yeah. Not like uh, Johnny Depp, but like a star mm -hmm. in the sky. Right. Star in the sky. Yeah. It, yes. You don't even get to name it. You just get to buy the star. <laughs> um, and what they, what do you do? What do you get if you buy a star? I, I, I looked on, you know, you get a certificate in the mail that says you own this star from the, you know, all the stars are, are given like, you know, NG7365-M2 or whatever the, the official mm -hmm. designation is. Right. Um, and and that's what you get. And you give somebody that gift and say, you own this star. It shows you where a picture of where it is in the sky. But you don't own anything. You don't really own anything, Nothing. right? And that's what an NFT is. An NFT is that, except you don't even get the piece of paper that says it. You know, it's just it just logs it somewhere. And I just did, before we came on here, I was just curious if it was still happening. I Googled buy a star. And there's <laughs> starnameregistry.org. That'll do it for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. There's cosmonova.org, there's starregistration.com, starregister.org, starregistration.net. And did, so am I buying a unique star? No. There's actually one of them that will even sell you constellations if you want a constellation. They'll wow. sell you a whole constellation. That's a deal, right? Wow, Cassiopeia. Wow, I'll take it. Yeah, they could, somebody else, You, I'm sure you can sell Cassiopeia to somebody. Sure. Um, it's the same thing with NFTs. An NFT is like buying a star. You get, maybe you'll get some fun, cute pleasure out of it, knowing you had this, that I've got this NBA highlight, right. you know, that I, that I've got the, I got the rights to this highlight or, or I'm the owner of this highlight. But again, anybody can do it. So who are you even buying it from? I mean, if I'm buying it from the NBA, then yeah, maybe they're not going to resell it, but I mean, there's been tons of instances since art is a big popular thing for NFTs of people selling NFTs of other people's arts that they art that they don't even own. Right. You know, so it's just it's it's vapor. There's there's just there's nothing there that you're getting. I guess. And it okay. Praise so, uh, on the fact that it's confusing mm -hmm. because it sounds like and you see these threads on Twitter or whatever where somebody like paid three hundred thousand dollars for an ape JPEG. It was a famous one. And, and then he started going after all these other people like posted it and were like using it as their avatar. And, mm -hmm. and he's like, I'm going to sue you all. I'm going to you know, go after you. You can't. This is my thing. It's like, no, you you don't own any rights to this. You, you've got nothing for this. It's not, you know. Well, let me, let me, I'll play a little bit devil's advocate from my limited knowledge. Sure. Again, I'm trying. Anybody who knows computers, just, you know, go ahead. Don't comment. Just don't do it. <laughs> I may just shut off comments because, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, save my embarrassment. Anyway, uh, so, okay. So let's say it's CMON, right? And I don't want to pick on CMON and I don't want, I don't know which ones they're selling, but I know what CMON games are. I mean, they have Zombicide and they have a couple other games. So I'm selling an, uh, a original nft of the original box of zombies like you know like a picture of you know the whole the hordes and all that kind of thing yep. uh and so simon says only we will not do this multiple times we just won't we're going to do it one time and i'm gonna you know uh, put the put the jpeg in make the nft sell the nft and have this going to be a ledger so then someone can put that same screenshot of the, the zombies and, and all that kind of thing but it won't have that that record back to Simon. It will be 
somewhere it was just like okay you know joe schmo put up this thing of uh this thing of um zombicide same picture same exact thing but it doesn't have that link back to the original publisher and that's right. a that's a different thing like though I, now i have a different thing now i have something that came from the original publisher is that not worth at least something I'm sure it's going to be worth something to some people. And I mean, here, here's another analogy to think about it. I mean, let's say, and, and people do this on Kickstarters, right? Somebody will say, hey, for $200, you can name this card, you know, or whatever, right? Or will, you know, in, in, in you know, I'll, this Dominion card could be, you know, I'll, I'll own the silver card, right? Um, so, you know, for some of them, it's fun. I've seen people put their names on it. They put their faces on it, something like that, right? You're paying a little extra, you're getting something like that. Sure. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, it's cute. I mean, are you really getting something? No, you're not, you know, you're, 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 you're not getting a copy of the original artwork or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you kind of contributed to it in, in a certain way. Um, but imagine if you paid extra to get that card say, you know, this was in a Kickstarter and they had, you know, it's again, it's Dominion, right? And they say, you own the dungeon card or whatever. Is there mm -hmm. a seller? There's a seller, right? See, this is where I'm there's, throwing off my Dominion knowledge. A, <laughs> I'm sure there's a hundred thousand sets. I'm sure there's, there's one of everything. It's gotta be. I know this is a seller. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, let's say that I get the rights to the seller, the, the seller card right? I'm the buyer of the seller. You know, it's, it's, I would want at least, I wouldn't just want a, a link that I now get a certificate link. To, what am I going to show to people? I mean, at least if it says in the back of the rules, you know, seller by this, or if they had a page on their website, even that says, you know, the seller sponsored by whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's like naming rights for a stadium. You want your name on the side of the stadium in some way. Right. Okay. So I've paid a hundred dollars and I'm now the owner of the cover of zombicide the of image this, of the oh, cover of of zombicide? image of I mean, the cover yes it's what does it really mean to to people what is it so you know i i just feel like people you know and i'm not I, i'm not looking to, to to slam people that might be into this or something like that but i feel like it's preying on low information mm -hmm. uh in low information consumers Right. Like, you know, it's going after people, you know, trying to prey on people's emotions, prey on their emotional attachments to certain games and certain properties and certain mm -hmm. IPs and not really giving them anything in return. Mm -hmm. And NFTs are not the only example of this in the world. I mean, there's plenty of stuff like this where, you know, you get it, you know, where, where you can overpay for stuff, you know, like concert tees. Right? I concert, you know, you're going to pay $50 <laughs> for a T-shirt. It's not worth fifty dollars for t-shirt. At least I have right. a t-shirt. You know, at least I can say I was at the concert or whatever. Right. So I mean, as consumers, we're manipulable like that into yeah. overpaying for stuff that we have an emotional attachment to. And I, I NFTs remember. to mm -hmm. me are like the purest form of that. It's like you don't even get something you can hang on your wall. You don't get something you could put on your drawer. You get a link, and they could even change the link later. The link might not even you know last. Whatever you know, it's like a link to some ledger. And again, it's it goes back to that non-distributed thing because it's. You know, even though you're getting a link on the blockchain and the blockchain is distributed, the link is pointing to a website somewhere, somewhere. that says that this person, that this link corresponds to the cover of Zombicide, mm -hmm. right? The, the, the block in the blockchain doesn't say it's the cover of Zombicide. The block in the blockchain just has a, a web link that points to something that says whoever 
has this web link. This web link corresponds to Zombicide. But if Steamon mm-hmm. decides to take that down or whatever, they go out of business, that's gone. You've got nothing. Mm, so the, so that's the whole, I mean, you're, that's not supposed to happen, right? Isn't that not supposed to happen? Like, you know, the whole point of that ledger is that it's permanent? The ledger contains the link. The ledger contains the HTTP colon slash slash mm. link to something that describes what that is. The thing you're getting isn't in the ledger. Mm. The video clip of the NBA dunk that you're getting is not in the ledger. What's in the ledger is a, is a is a pointer to YouTube or whatever that says this YouTube video, the owner of this link, you know, wow. has this YouTube okay. video. And if that YouTube video changes URL or whatever, you're 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 done. You don't have it. Wow. Okay. That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm learning. I'm under, I'm trying to understand this stuff. But that sounds even worse. Uh I guess like so well, speaking to your issue of like, okay, why are like, because there's a lot of fraudness around it, right? Like, I mean, I really want to understand, right? They have these companies I trust, they're big companies. Apparently, they're, they're supposed to be good with money, right? I mean, Simon is clearly good with money. It's not like they're like this 100-year-old company. They were very successful rather quickly, right? You know, mm-hmm. so like some, I think that they must know what they're doing. So like, if they're getting into this, then I think something tickles in the back of our brain that it's like, well, there must be something to it if they know what, they're it's doing. a great deal for the person selling the NFT. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean it's a good deal for the person buying the NFT. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's to, to take it to a different thing. I mean, um, Kickstarter is, you know, ultimately you're supposed to get something tangible at the end of it. But I mean, Kickstarter is another thing that's a bad deal for the consumer for the most part. Mm. You know, and that's why CMON is, you know, CMON gets... $2 million. And then a year and a half later, they produce a product. Right. Um, you know, it's great as a company, as a company, you'd be foolish. You're, if I was a stockholder and, and the, the company I own stock in said, we're not going to do Kickstarters because, you know, we think it's, you know, we, we think it's a bad deal for the consumer. I'd be like, well, you're leaving money on the table. Right. You know, that's, that's the way to do it. And same thing with this. If I'm a shareholder in a company, you know, what's your NFT strategy? That's that's a hot thing at the moment. It's not illegal. It's not regulated. You can mm-hmm. do, you know, you've got, especially if you've got IP and things that people might want, mm. then, you know, that's that's the way to to do it. But it's, you know, it's, it's trying to leverage people's innate uh, susceptibility to hype, susceptibility to collections and collecting mm-hmm. stuff and accumulating and, and also- FOMO. And, and also our loss stuff. aversion. I think it, it plays in our loss yeah. aversion as well. Like, it, so speaking of another uh, advertising for uh, Mr. Engelstein over here, his book, <laughs> Achievement Relock, uh, which I yes. have read over the past year, which details loss aversion, how you can leverage loss aversion in making your game. Loss aversion being the human tendency to overrate, you know, when we, when we lose things, when we risk losing things. You know, like uh, there's always that paradigm, like, you know, losing feels worse than winning feels good. Right. So like right. there's a reason there's a psychological reason by that. And you could like kind of like leverage game design behind it. So please read Achievement Relock. It's pretty good. It's on that uh, uh, purchasable on Amazon. It's a real thing. You can have it in your <laughs> tablet. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so like the loss aversion aspect of it is that like, you know, Simon is offering this. I'm not, I, I shouldn't pick on Simon because it's a lot of people. Like I mean, even like even smaller publishers are looking at it and yeah. they're, you know, people because you know, for them, they're it's like, oh, wow, there's money on the table. People will pay for these things. We got to look into it. So then, you know, these companies are selling these things called NFTs. They're confusing. Uh, but, you know, I think our loss aversion kicks in and says, well, it sounds dumb when you really explain it, 
but what am I missing? And I don't want to miss out. I must be missing something because all these other people are really into it. It's an emperor has no clothes situation. Right. Okay. So like, so you really think that an NFT is a emperor has no clothes situation? Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I mean, that's, and that's why I tweeted about it and said, you know, I'm trying to, you know, as I, I, I may, you know, I, I, I think I've got some level of, of, of reach, you know, sure. through Twitter and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, educate people and, and raise the alarm. I, you know, do I think that NFT should be illegal? No, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the government should regulate them and it should step in and there, you know, and, and is it possible that in the future, somebody will come up with a use for NFTs that will make sense? And, and, you know, actually has some utility. Maybe I'm happy to, I'm always happy to change my mind and be convinced. I'm not seeing okay. it right now. I never, never seen something that it is. So, you know, I think it's my duty to stand up and say, Hey, this emperor has no clothes and, you know, shame on these companies for, mm. you know, take, trying to take advantage of their fans. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's the way I think, you know, this was, and it's, it's happened in plenty of other ways throughout history. You know, we just I just watched last night the um, the documentary about Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, but mm-hmm. not documentary, the, the movie about the about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they used, you know, every psychological trick in the book to, you know, take money from people that, you know, had higher aspirations and thought that they were getting one thing and they were actually just, you know, allowing them to get golden toilets and put in, uh, a, you know, <laughs> Jim and fancy, Tammy Faye Baker being, stuff and mink coats and stuff like that. I believe they were like televangelists in the yes. 80s yeah, and 90s. The, the PTL, PTL club until they went to both, well, he went to jail for uh, mm-hmm. fraud mail fraud and various other things after mm. using the money to pay off various sexual partners. But that's, mm. it's, you know, it, it's the same, you know, and, and I, and I'm not saying that the people and it should go to whatever. I'm just saying that this idea of trying to prey on people's emotions mm. to make decisions that are not financially in your interest is goes back thousands of years. Sure. This is just this is just the newest technology innovation, and it tends to happen on things where people don't understand it technologically because it's like you said, it's it's very confusing. It's easy mm-hmm. to wave your hands and get people excited and say, "Wow, this is the new whiz bang thing." So whether it was a new, you know, in the 1800s with the snake oil and the medications and stuff like that, where people didn't really understand what worked and what didn't work, you know, it's it's easy to flim flam people when you're, you know, or, or when it's it's a confusing topic that people are emotionally tied to. And that's why people tend to, you know, that's why there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of, you know, like you said, you know, gang mentality. What am I missing out on? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those other tricks. They must been, know better. <laughs> they all must those be other missing tricks that have been there. owned for thousands of years mm-hmm. uh, are, are, are right back at the forefront again. Interesting. So we we circle back right to our forefront, which is psychology. I mean, this is uh, this is where we're mm-hmm. a lot more uh, grounded here. So I mean, this is part of why I want you on the show because like you were really strong about it. And I wanted to kind of explore some of the topics, and you know, I hear I have other people who are into some of this stuff. Well, it's a quote unquote Web 3.0, and I think that you know, in terms of at least the blockchain end of it. And some of the cryptocurrency stuff that they're trying to solve their problems. They're trying to, you know, uh, you know, these the, the problems of authority, the problems of, you know, like currency and all that kind of stuff. They are trying, like things are being tried. But when it comes to like these specific applications, like especially the NFTs, now we're getting into the more griftier aspects of it. I think that is that a good read overall of the situation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I, I, I believe that. I mean, I think, I think particularly the newer crypto, I think Bitcoin, when it started, that they had the best of intentions. I think a lot of the newer crypto coins are just pure speculation, Got get people hype, pump and dump stock kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but then the other aspect, which, you know, which we kind of have touched on a little bit is, is the environmental aspects yes. and things exactly like that. exactly where I was going to go. So that, that yeah. became the thing. So like a lot of, the, especially the smaller publishers, because, you know, CEO's not going to listen because they have all, they're, they're, they have their stockholders, they're publicly traded. I think they're publicly traded, at least on a, a one exchange. They were at uh, one point, yeah. Yeah, uh, at one point. So like that, there's I an ethos there. Are. I think they still are, yeah. So they're listening to the stockholders and the stockholders have no reason to not look at this stuff, but they're smaller publishers that are like, okay, I, there's money on the table. I'll do this. And they got to get piled on by a lot of folks in the Twitterverse and, you know, social medias, uh, not so much in the grift aspect because that's hard to understand, but the environment stuff, which is a lot easier to understand. So yeah. then, you know, talk a little bit about the environment uh, aspect and how that plays out. If you know, well, yeah, I mean, we talked and you know, I have numbers available and it's, it's always very difficult to, to judge numbers on this stuff, sure. but for sure, doing a transaction, as we talked about, you know, in terms of like the, the amount of computing power that's involved in doing a transaction on a blockchain versus just sending a transaction to the visa database is, is a huge ratio. Mm -hmm. So if you multiply that by, you know, all of the, the, the visa transactions that happened every day, if they were all converted to Bitcoin transactions, then it would be huge. Now the amount set of the world on fire. <laughs> yeah, the amount of environmental impact that a single transaction has, uh, a single NFT has, is very difficult to calculate and depends on a lot of factors and stuff like that. I, you know, I mean, I, I think that the reason people have glommed onto it is because it's, like you said, it's an easier thing to wrap your head around, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. just saying, you know, yeah, NFT, you, you kind of get a JPEG of something that's not really yours, you know, but, you know, and, and maybe you're wasting your money, but you're, you know, you also burn down half the Amazon rainforest. Oh, there we go. I understand. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, now I understand what it is. Right. Um, and, you know, but it's, 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 it's very tough to do that, you know, to kind of take those, those, those actual measurements and what it is, and it's going to vary depend on the way the technology is implemented and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, and some people, when I post about that simple run, like, well, you make your board game in China and you put it on a boat and it's, you chop down trees to make it and, right. you know, well, you know, yes, but you know, to all that kind of paper pulp is done in a, in a renewable way. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff and I actually have something physical and, you know, but there's, there's arguments and I understand there's arguments made like that if I get on a plane and fly or, you know, am I doing it for a good purpose? Um, mm -hmm. And then some people say, well, we'll do carbon offsets, which is all should be a whole other show because carbon offsets are a whole other nightmare that are just things to a fig leaf to make people feel better in my mm -hmm. book that don't aren't actually accomplishing what, what they want them to accomplish. Yeah. When big business um, is, is like talking about carbon capture and carbon offsets, then, you know, there's something shady because <laughs> right. it but sounds yeah, great. Yeah. It, I guess a greenwashing would be the term, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, doing that's these... a very good word for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it looks good on paper, but there's a lot of, and there's been some, you know, just, it's interesting because it's game theory aspects of it too. Cause you know, there's, there's been like people actually chopping down more forests in California because of the way the carbon offsets, like the loopholes and states and all kinds of crazy oh, stories that you read in the way that it's done. Um, you know, and that goes back to certifying authority. Again, if I say I'm getting carbon offsets, I'm trusting the person I'm buying the offsets from that they're actually doing what they say they're doing to offset it. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's physically themselves planting 10,000 trees. They're, they're, they've got some company that says, oh yeah, we planted all these trees and you can have a piece of them. Right. Um, but anyway, so, so we're getting back to like, you know, cause the way board games yeah, are made now, 
is there is environmental cost, and I think that's a separate conversation, right? Right. And I want to have that conversation. And the sustainable Mm -hmm. board games and stuff like that. I think that's a great conversation to have about all this stuff. And people have to, you know, kind of pick and choose where that what they're going to do and stuff like that. You know, I I think that, um, you know, I, I I think it's kind of adding. You know, I, I don't know which generates more uh, waste is, you know, a beanie ba- producing and shipping a beanie baby versus creating an NFT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I've never seen that kind of a comparison about mm-hmm. w- what it is in terms of it. So I, I don't know what it is. So, you know, I think that, though, there's certainly environmental implications that need to be looked at, particularly for something which is not, I don't think, you know, that has any real utility in the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that people need to, to look at it from, from that standpoint. And, and the problem is, is because, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to make a million NFTs than it is to make a million Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it's, it's, it's the scary part is that this stuff can all of a sudden scale up massively. And then if the blockchains massively scale up and it's just, you know, it, 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 it starts to snowball. Right. I think the, uh, the, probably the best way to think about it. And again, layman, seven years old, is that not that it necessarily will, because it actually says in the Kickstarter announcement, because uh, we didn't talk about Kickstarter specific, but they moved their, their operations over to a blockchain or, or a series of blockchain, whatever they do. Well, doing. Um, I, I, I read that announcement like eight times and I'm still not really sure. What they're doing, <laughs> but I think they're, they're setting up the block. Yeah, they're, they're potentially moving some of their opera, you know, some right. of their stuff to a blockchain type more of a distributed thing, but they're trying to set up in an open way so other people can use the technology. And right. they were very kind of vague and hand wavy about it. Yeah, I try to solve a problem, but like their problem, not this consumer's problem. <laughs> and trying yeah. to convince us that we have a problem, which we don't, uh, we're, we're just fine. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess like, I mean, the thinking about it, cause I, I mean, the word, they use the word carbon neutral in there. So like they're that, uh, that they're one of their, whatever they're doing, you know, whatever setting up is like a carbon neutral thing. So like, you know, I don't know anything like, you know, cause that's where you get into, you mentioned before, like proof of work and proof of, you know, all these other things. Like and there's, yeah. there's different ways, like, you know, those two different aspects and, and many others will determine how energy intensive the operation is. So there are certain parts of it that could light the world on fire if it gets away. And there's parts of it that maybe could be powered by renewable energy at some point down the road. Uh, and it's a little bit more reasonable to manage. I, that There's a big giant question mark there. So I think it might be fair yeah. to say, maybe they won't set fire to the world, like right now, like as directly as you might think from like a, a Twitter thread, but it's not out of the picture. Well, yeah, I, look, I try to take a balanced and nuanced approach to this stuff. Right. You know, I mean, it's easier to take a broad brush and say, oh my God, NFTs, blockchains, they're, you know, lighting the world on fire, you know, right? Uh, evil, evil, evil. But, you know, you gotta, it's, it's, everything's got to be on balance and you've got to look at the different aspects of it. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other stuff like there's, you know, machine learning, uh, AI and machine learning and neural networks take a huge amount of computing resources, mm. you know, just, just a tremendous amount. And, and um, you know, I was looking at some of the stats for like, you know, the AlphaGo and stuff like that, you know, the, Alpha, the, What's that? the Alpha, What's the Alpha systems or, or the big blues, you know, the one that won Jeopardy and you mm. know, the amount of energy and, you know, to use those and run those. And now those are becoming more and more ubiquitous in facial recognition algorithms and, you know, just spreading everywhere. Right. And they use a tremendous amount of energy and there hasn't really been a reckoning on that, mm. but, you know, it's always hard to balance um, the, uh, you know, what is, 
the utility that you get out of it versus you know the energy that you spend on it and, and how you do that and and at the same time i'm sensitive to you know saying oh well you know environmental stuff is is irreplaceable it's not you know we're on a you know it's not it's, it's hard to value that and and weigh it against a utility mm -hmm. function um you know but we're hoping that we're moving to more renewables and things like that that will help lessen the impact it's just it's 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 a complicated issue you know but it's it's hard to opt out of machine learning in a way like machine learning is so baked into a lot of stuff and things that you use and you don't even know that it's out there mm -hmm. you know but nfts you know uh, to my mind serve no purpose and 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 burn a lot of juice and it's easy to step away from that and say I, i'm not mm -hmm. going to do it and i'm going to encourage other people not to do it and right. stay away from companies that are trying to do it it was a cost benefit analysis uh so like in terms of machine learning ai we see the world and we see the world kind of moving in these, you know, like things that were like my washing machine is smarter than it was. I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, like and you're I looking it, very dapper because of it. I can I, I put it in, you know, I put clothes in <laughs> and before I would just put the clothes in and would wash. Now it like knows how much time and, you know, how much, you know, detergent to put in and, you know, it spits out kind of right. extra detergent. So like, you know, I'm, when I hear about like AI or like the other, like, you know, smart technologies, you know, I'm, I see it. And so it's like, I'm willing to kind of hand wave it away, which is weird, right? Like same thing with board game, right? So like, you know, I'm willing to hand wave away the fact that it's coming from China, like, you know, causes all this, you know, um, you know, ships and, you know, shipping in general just causes all this waste uh, and, you know, ocean, ocean vacation. Like you could go down the whole list of like the things that, are, that there's the cost, but the benefit is, ooh. <laughs> right. yeah. you know? And everybody's yeah. going to kind of make that judgment on their own, I think, of what it is. So, right. yeah, I understand that. And or I'm the sure Earth your washing machine is using, your washing machine is probably using less water, using less power, using less detergent, you yeah. know, because it's, it's, it's right sizing it to, you know, whatever you're doing. So yeah. in the end, the extra energy that's spent on, you know, developing it and using the AI and stuff like that is paying off down the road. So it's, it's a complicated problem. It's, you know, right. very little stuff is, is black and white. Right. And, but, you know, at least going back to the NFTs, your judgment, and I can't, I, I cannot speak yep. to it, but, but your judgment is that the, in terms of the energy that it uses, because it does use energy more energy than a visa, way more than a visa transaction, in terms yeah. of the value that it generates, it's a, it's a big nil for you. Yes. I, right. I, I don't see the, I, I don't see the utility of it. I mean, I, I feel like there's, if somebody really wanted to like sell collectibles or something like that, there's better ways to do it mm -hmm. that are going to be less impactful on the environment and less just appealing to people's trying to flip them and speculate them on, you know, and, and thinking that there's a bigger fool out there that they're going to be able to sell it to. Okay. Uh, the last thing, and we mentioned it, I mentioned a couple of times here, um, kind of circling back to just back blockchain itself, like Kickstarter moving to aspects of their company to blockchain and you read it eight times you couldn't really make heads or tails of it or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. and i think you had a, a twitter thread uh that you had got an email saying okay here's yeah. one of the real well, I reasons I, yeah, I don't know if you i i and then I, there was I, another I disavowed yeah. that I've and then there was another that thread theory. that said no this is doesn't matter so like you know kind of <laughs> yeah. a way to evade a uh, government authority eu authority in particular uh, right. You know, again, going back to the anti-authority, you know, kind of go around things, a streak yeah. that is in the current mood. So in yeah. terms of and, just- And it's certainly, I mean, that's why it kind of rang true when I read it. And yeah, uh, I, I probably should have done, I usually do more research on that support post, something like that. I, I didn't this case because the, the are all the articles I found that were talking about it were in French. And although mm. I took French in high school, I was not, I was, I was not at a level where I was really going to be able to parse mm -hmm. these dense technical articles. So I kind of, you know, took it, took it at face value, but it turned out that 
it's probably not the case. Probably not the case. But yeah. so we're back to like why yeah, Kickstarter went there. Is it a big right. deal? Because it's, I mean, it's this to is avoid a, authority. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So it, it plugs into that narrative. It's a, I mean, it's a big deal because I mean, a lot of people online and, you know, and that kind of radiates out are like, well, we can't use Kickstarter anymore. You know, like, okay, now there's pressure on smaller publishers who, some of whom watch the show, uh, like, you know, they're getting pressure from their consumers saying, don't go on Kickstarter anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. I, and yeah, I know. And like, what do you hard. think about that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm trying to better on, I mean, if, if there was a, if I could clearly understand the case about why they felt they need, wanted to use blockchain technology or what problem it's solving, right. That's what right. I always look at. I mean, are they really solving a problem that, you know, this is the best way to solve then, then, uh, you know, I, I don't think that anything that uses blockchain necessarily is evil or bad, or you should be boycotting it. You know, I, there's, there's use cases for it, but I think you got to, I look at it on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody just start up squid coin because squid games was popular <laughs> and they think that, you know, that's, that's not a good use of blockchain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if a bunch of banks get together uh, to, to use it, to track uh, interest rate, uh, pegs like LIBOR, I don't know if, you know, there, there was a whole interest rate thing because one bank controlled the interest rate, the, the London interbank rate, one mm-hmm. or two banks, and they manipulated it. But if it was, you know, if that was distributed between like a hundred different banks, it would be much less likely that it could be so that that might be a valid use for it, for, mm-hmm. for doing those kind of transactions. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm reserving judgment on it. I mean, I have a Kickstarter, hopefully that's going to be coming out in the spring, launching in the spring. I've been thinking about, do I want to keep it on there or move it to some of these other platforms? Hmm. Um, But, you know, I'll, 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 I'm still trying to learn more about it and, you know, be able to make an informed judgment rather Mm -hmm. than just from a place of of ignorance or, uh, you know, just a preconceived, you know, kind of purity kind of a thing. Like if you, you know, that that's a pariah and anything that even whiffs of it is like, you know, that's it. Right. Got to get kicked to the curb. Mm-hmm. And that's hopefully, uh, you know, this podcast and this conversation helps publishers, helps consumers kind of cut through that initial, you know, uh, kick and, you know, really gets to, you know, hopefully from yeah. the seven-year-old perspective, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, cut through some of these issues a little bit. So, you know, uh, trying to move the ball forward. Uh, yeah. That. And if somebody, you know, look, if you're a publisher out there, a game publisher, and you've come out with what you think is a fantastic idea for an NFT, that's going to take it to the next level and is going to, you know, make it worthwhile. And there's a reason for it. And, and this is why it needs to be done with technology. Let me know. I'll, I, you know, sure. if, if it, if it's, if it's cool and it makes sense, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, put it out there and, ex, you know, explain why I think it is, but, you know, I, right now I'm very, very skeptical of what it is, but, you Absolutely. know, I would never close the door on something permanently. Right. But for now, hey, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I will accede to your wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, there's only so much reading that I can do. And once again, it's like, I, I read, I look at it from a psychological perspective. I look at it from the stories perspective, like what, what is the story of what's going on now? Right now, the story seems to be, you know, a, a, a group of an energy that's kind of like, oh, maybe jumping out over skis a little bit, you know, and, you know, it, it's worth kind of laying back, taking the time and just like, you know, letting it play out. We're not going to lose anything. Uh, the, of significance <laughs> it sounds like so it's worth just kind of chilling out and just watching what happens we don't have to form media judgments at least at this point so 
All right. So uh, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for shedding some light. Uh, is there anything that we missed? Is there any aspect of this conversation? Seems like we wanted to get to the NFTs or probably part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we missed stuff. And I, I I'm mm-hmm. I, I know I oversimplified some things. And I know there were some other issues that, uh, you know, I glossed over. We just didn't have time. Sure. And I'm sure that there's some stuff I said that may be incorrect. So, yeah. Right here. This know, guy, feel free, this guy to, says feel free to reach out to me. Um, I say correct stuff all the time. It's all good. Okay. Uh, but but NFTs are a grift. That's the main thing. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> yep, they are. In their current Fantastic. form, they are. Yes. In their current form, they are. All right. Uh, Jeff Anglestein, thank you so much for making the time to stop by my show. Thanks for having me. If you can change your mind, you can change the world, people. So until next time, later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.